Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Now, I've been saying go follow EthosFantasyBB for quite a while, and it's because of all the stuff that we had planned, and now a lot of it has been released. Our draft guide is officially live We have 11 articles, I believe 11 articles that are live as of the time of recording this, and they're going to keep coming out. My rankings have already started to be released. Catcher and shortstop are up there. We're going to keep releasing positions over the next few days, and by this time next week, they'll all be live, and they're going to be updated again later on, but the initial rankings with some explanations below them are there. So go and check out Ethos Fantasy BB. You can get them right from the source at sportsethos.com, and of course, if you're trying to find my rankings for a specific position that you haven't seen put out in writing yet uh go and check out the previous podcast links that we've done or the the previous podcast anyway Uh, you guys scroll down your feed a little bit you'll find those podcasts that we've done we've previewed every single position Uh, we haven't done the starting pitching and relief pitchers but i mean position players Uh, we've done first second third short catcher and the outfield those ones are all in your podcast feeds and we've been going through a lot of team previews as well if you guys are just catching up on the show we had paul spora here yesterday talking about the tigers we had maddie wood from ftn fantasy talking to us about the dodgers on monday you're getting a solo show today for the first time in what feels like a little while, and it feels like they're few and far between at this point, where in the offseason, it was pretty much just all me. I took a couple months off from bringing guests on the show. I was very busy with school and with life, so it was kind of just solo Joe for a while. Uh, you're getting a lot of guest episodes now, and make sure you're checking up on them if you haven't already, because we're previewing every single team across baseball. We're bringing on a guest to talk about every single one of those teams, preferably somebody, and we've done it so far. We've managed to do it so far through about half of them. Uh, Talk to somebody who is either a fan of that team or living in that city. So they've been a lot of fun. Uh, If you guys want to go check out those team previews, the position previews, all the stuff we've done, very cool. Uh, It's all in your feed. But today, we are going to go back to a mock draft. We haven't done one in a couple of weeks now, I think. I can't even remember the last time we did a mock draft. But we're going to be doing kind of an NFBC-style 15-teamer today. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. And I mean, a lot of people might hear NFBC and turn it off because they think, you know, this doesn't apply to me. This is for high stakes. This is essentially just a 15-team draft. Uh, you know, we're doing NFBC settings with two catchers, five outfielders, middle infield, corner infield, one utility spot, uh, nine pitchers, regardless of starter or reliever. That's the way it works over there. So we're doing more geared towards their settings today, but we're still going to be talking generally in terms of strategy, why you should be taking players here versus not taking this guy there. Uh, so it does apply to you guys in your general leagues as well, your home leagues. 
and I know I kind of abuse the term home league. Maybe you're not in just a home league. You're in several leagues, and they're just 12-teamers, 10-teamers, whatever they are. Maybe they are 15-teamers, and I know that some of you do play. A lot of people play 15-teamers, so that's why we are mixing up the mock draft today. We've done some 10-teamers. We've done some 12s, but we have not done a 15-teamer yet, so we're going to get into that today. I don't think we've done a 15-teamer yet. I mean, maybe we did early in draft season. I don't think we did, though. Uh, we are going to start doing that a little more often now, the mock drafts, as we really get into draft season, uh, because March is right around the corner, and then once March starts, then it's all, season will be here before you really know it. So we're going to get this thing started. 15-teamer, I am drafting from the seventh slot. My reasoning for that is because I think there is, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but there is a top six that I'm all pretty comfortable with getting, and you, you know, you're probably familiar with these names already. Ronald Acuna Jr., Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Julio Rodriguez, and Kyle Tucker. I also put Kyle Tucker into that same grouping as guys who can help you across all five categories. Now, I do that, and you know, I'm picking, this, picking seventh here where I just said I like six players. Usually in these drafts, Shohei Otani does go pretty early. Uh, so I'm banking on the fact that Otani will go in one of those first seven picks, and I'll end up with one of those six guys I prefer. And if all those six guys get taken and I end up with a Shohei Otani or a Jordan Alvarez, then it won't be the end of the world. I'll still be able to get by in that regard. But two catchers, one of all the other regular infield positions, one corner infield, one middle infield, five outfield slots, nine pitcher spots, one utility, and seven bench. We're doing 30 rounds here today. And we are going to kick it off right now. So let's hit the button, start your draft. And Fantasy Pros, we're doing this on Fantasy Pros, of course. They are loading. And lo and behold, um, let's see what happened here. So Acuna 1, Judge 2, Jose Ramirez 3, Shohei Otani at 4. Like I figured he would jump up there. Trey Turner at 5, Juan Soto at 6. Juan Soto at 6 feels a little bit early for me. So I'm left with Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Tucker. I did take Kyle Tucker in the last mock draft that I did. And I'm going to take him again here because I do think that he is a better option than Julio for this upcoming season. If you look at their projections, they're pretty similar with Kyle Tucker projected generally for a couple more homers, a couple more counting stats. Everything else is going to be pretty much a wash. Uh, and I'll take the better team context, the guy who has done it a couple of times before versus the guy who's done it one time before. Uh, so I am taking here Kyle Tucker with my first round pick. Also got to remember here, and it wouldn't have mattered wherever I went in that particular case, whether it was Julio or I went with Tucker, is that you're talking about five outfielders here, so outfield is going to go a lot quicker uh, than it would in your three outfielder leagues. It becomes a lot more of a scarce position. Uh, but after I took uh, after I took Kyle Tucker, we got Julio, Vlad Guerrero, Jordan Alvarez, Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole, Freddie Freeman, Corbin Burns, and Manny Machado to end the first round. Bobby Witt, Jacob deGrom, Bo uh, Bichette, Mike Trout, Rafael Devers, Fernando Tatis, Paul Goldschmidt, and then Austin Riley. And I am back up at the 209 slot. What I've typically been doing here is taking a third baseman, but they're kind of gone at this point, the ones that I would have taken in this range. Devers and Riley and Machado are big targets of mine, specifically Machado and Riley. Devers a little bit less so. So I think at this point what I'm going to do instead of reaching a little bit on a third baseman is I'm going to look for somewhere uh, somebody else, and then I'll get third base. I'll either try and get an Arenado or a Bregman maybe in a round or two. Now the ECR on Arenado, I'm probably not going to get him because he's at uh, 36 on the ECR. I don't know if he's going to come back to me. Bregman probably will, um, but we're going to see what happens in that regard. Uh, let's see who is available for me right now. That looks interesting. Pete Alonso, Sandy Alcantara, Michael Harris, Francisco Lindor, Spencer Strider. Uh, those are the names that are suggested to me here based on fantasy pros. Um, man, I kind of do want to go with a first baseman, and I'm not really a first baseman in general. I kind of want to go with Pete Alonso here, 
Uh, first base is fairly deep, but it's not as deep as it was in previous years. Pete is truly fantastic. And there was a tweet earlier today from Bob Kramatola, who won the NFBC main event last year, and he was saying, you know, he's a Phillies fan, and he was saying Pete Alonso should be going in the first round. Like, he should absolutely be going in the first round. And the more that I look at it, the more that I do like him here at 209. So we are going to go with Pete Alonso here. 100% of draft experts agree with me here on Fantasy Pro, so we will take it. Uh, we're going to do well, hopefully, in the standings, because once you finish a draft on Fantasy Pros, it does tell you how you did according to the expert ranks, which I will be a part of. My rankings will be a part of the ECR uh, in the coming week or so. They're going to be added up there. So very exciting for me. But going on beyond Pete Alonso, we got Jose Altuve at 210, Alcantara, Michael Harris, Brandon Woodruff, Matt Olson, and Aaron Nola to end off the second round. Aaron Nola's draft price, where is he going in the NFBC drafts? I feel like he's at 35. It's not that much higher. I love Aaron Nola. I just thought he was going more in the third round as opposed to the second round. But I love the price still. I think that he is fantastic. Going ahead of Spencer Strider, I didn't think he would be going ahead of Spencer Strider in a lot of cases. But let me see based on ADP. I think they're very, very close by to each other. Uh, looking at NFBC ADP. Strider actually is going about 10 picks earlier in the NFBC, and he went one spot below Nola here. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Randy Rosarena, Shane McClanahan, Edwin Diaz, Dylan Cease, Marcus Simeon. And I'm back up here in the third round, and this is where it gets very tricky with a 15-teamer. I have trouble sometimes in terms of looking at where I should pick my spots for certain things. Like, you're, I'm going to have to take catcher earlier than I want because there's two catchers. I am going to have to go back and take a second baseman and a third baseman. And, of course, like every position feels a little bit scarce when you're in this deep of a league where you have this many spots to fill out. And this is only 30 rounds, right? A lot of drafts that I've been doing and been seeing are draft champions where you got to take 50 players. I've done one draft champions. It's a lot. It is a lot um, of thinking to do when you're filling out these rosters in terms of who should go where, who should I draft here, and blah, blah, blah. It's tricky, and right now, I'm kind of torn between a couple of players. There's a couple of closers that I have my eye on. Josh Hader, I'm hoping, gets back to me in the next round because he's kind of who I'm hoping to get. Not necessarily right here, but I am still hoping for Josh Hader. I am, I'm very much in on Josh Hader for this upcoming season. Uh, looking at a couple of other scarce positions, second and third. You know what? I think I'm going to go with Arenado, even though it's maybe a touch earlier than I would want to take him. It's not anything that's egregious. It's still, I think, a pretty good price. His ADP is 35 in the NFBC right now, looking at the last 11 drafts. I'm going to get him here at 37, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to fill in a, a pretty shitty position at third base, if we're being honest with ourselves. And I'm pretty happy with that. Now, let's see if my guy Hader comes back to me here, and I think he did. He did come back to me. Uh, they got him at 52 in the ECR. I think that that is a steal if you're getting Josh Hader at that point. That is a great price to pay for him. He's going at 36 over on these most recent 11 drafts over on the NFBC, so I'm very happily taking Josh Hader here in the fourth round. Man, uh, you know, one year, one bad year really has people souring on him, but for me, he is my number one relief pitcher for this season. He, he is number one, and you got the other guys who are like Diaz and Klaus, they're going to come in behind him, but I'm not willing to write off everything we know about Josh Hader because of one bad season where he was dealing with personal struggles, and I, I've talked about it a lot. I'm not ready to be done with him, and you guys shouldn't be either. Josh Hader should be a target for people, specifically because he is a little more discounted than usual. Last year, he was going in the second round. Now you get him in the fourth round, the third, fourth round. Uh, I would be doing that wherever you can. Let's take a look at who I got available to me. I should probably start looking at a starting pitcher here. I have not taken a starter, and it's okay because that's generally been what I've done this season. I've waited a little bit on pitching, and now I have some guys available to me who I really like. Zach Allen and Luis Castillo, namely, are the guys there that I'm looking at. I'll just pull the cheat sheet here. 
which is really good. If you guys aren't using the cheat sheet over on Fantasy Pros, uh, they're really good. They give you the ECR listed out based on how their experts, everybody who contributes to the ECR, ranks these players. And you can just go down the sheet. Because sometimes I know the suggestion box on Fantasy Pros can be a little bit confusing sometimes because you know it suggests different players from different positions. You're kind of a little bit overwhelmed a little bit sometimes looking at the suggestion box and where you should go. If you go to the cheat sheet area, which is what I like to do, It'll show you a list of where they rank players and who's still available on that board. The number one SP still available, and I would agree that he is the best guy still out there, is Luis Castillo. And I am absolutely going to be taking Luis Castillo right here. I like the price a lot. I love what he can do. And even though he burned me in 2021 and it kind of hurt me last season, I didn't invest. Uh, I'm definitely willing to buy back into Castillo this season, especially a whole year away from Cincinnati. Uh, I'm definitely in. So give me Luis Castillo here. Pick 67 overall. Uh, followed by Eloy, Tim Anderson, Jordan Romano, O'Neal Cruz. Uh, it's a decent little run of players here that went after him. Devin Williams, Max Fried, Corbin Carroll going a little bit earlier than I personally would want him in the fifth round, but I understand that's generally where he's going. Yu Darvish, Sander Bogarts, Wander Franco, Teoscar Hernandez, Felix Batista, Brian Reynolds. Uh, you know, there's not it's not a bad little range, but the guy who I wanted is still available to, to me here, and that's Zach Gallen. Uh, I have him a little bit higher than where they have him here at 20 in their ECR. And I'm happy to take him here at 84. I need another pitcher. And no, those are two guys that I have been targeting throughout draft season. Uh, Zach Allen and Luis Castillo, if I end up with them as my starting pitcher one and starting pitcher two on a lot of teams, I'm going to be pretty happy about that, especially because I don't have to pay up for them and I can go get guys who are in some more scarce positions, uh, like your second and third bases and outfield and whatnot. So I need to start looking at catcher at this point. We are at the point, uh, just around pick 100, where catchers are going to start flying off the board like hotcakes because there's really not that many great options. I've talked about this. I've mentioned it in my write-up yesterday, which is at sportsethos.com, my catcher rankings. Um, they're, they really do fall off a cliff at a certain point. And just looking here, I could go for Alejandro Kirk. I could go for one of the Contreras brothers, Sean Murphy, MJ Melendez. I honestly kind of want to wait a little bit and take Tyler Stevenson. His ADP is not until about 170, and we're here just inside the top 100. So I think I'm going to wait a little bit, take Tyler Stevenson in a couple of rounds, and maybe go for a second baseman. Who do I still have at second base that interests me? Glaber Torres is there. I probably shouldn't let it get any farther than this, even though there are some second basemen down the board that I'm not, I'm not so down on like a lot of people are. Like I'm perfectly happy to go into the season with Jake Cronenworth, Jonathan India, uh, Kettle Marte, Brandon Lau. I, I'm willing to buy back into these guys. So maybe I will wait a little bit. The more I the more I look at this, maybe I will wait and I will take a first catcher because, honestly, catcher is, is pretty bad. Uh, let's just see who's available in the outfield. Yeah, no one I love in this outfield range. Byron Buxton is who the experts are telling me to draft right now. Uh, I don't know that he's the guy I really want to go with, though, at this point. I'm trying to build more of a safe team here. Tyler O'Neill, Saya Suzuki, Christian Yelich. I'm not really in love with any of these options, so I think I am going to go with my guy here. I am going to go with Alejandro Kirk. He is my number four catcher. The projections here on Fantasy Pros have Wilson Contreras having a better season than him. Uh, but for me, for my money, it is going to be Alejandro Kirk that I that I want to be taking here ahead of Contreras. Uh, but, you know, similar context in terms of a lineup. They're both on great teams. I think the home runs can be fairly similar. Maybe you'll see a couple more from Contreras, and he might steal you a couple more bags. But Kirk can legitimately bat 300 with close to 20 home runs, maybe a couple more than 20 home runs, uh, while giving you great runs in RBI. So I'm going to take Alejandro Kirk here. Uh, even though I do want to wait a little bit in two catcher leagues, you can't really wait so much. And that's the problem, right? Like I said earlier, you want to take care of every single position, and you just can't. You can't be flush in every single position as much as you'd like to. 
Uh, there are going to be places where you're lacking. You just have to try and minimize that as much as you can. Try and spread it out a little bit. So that's why I took Kirk there as much as I could. Wait a little bit. Maybe wait another round or two and go for Stevenson and somebody you know a little bit farther down the board. Uh, I, I want to have a bit of a higher floor in terms of catcher. And what I really need to be doing now is looking at second base, outfield, and some other relief pitchers. So in terms of the closers that are still left to me, I think that might need to be my priority, looking at who we have here. David Bednar, Clay Holmes, Andres Munoz, Juan Duran, Daniel Bard, Alexis Diaz, Paul Stewald. Uh, maybe I wait around and go for Munoz. It's very tricky to construct a 15-team roster here. I think I'm going to go back to second base, and I think, you know what? It's, it's funny because when you get into the draft room and you, you put your rankings to the test and you put yourself to the test, you really understand, you really start to understand what you think of them and what you think of your team construction abilities because I've got I've got Kirk, Pete Alonso, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Tucker, and then I've got Josh Hader, Luis Castillo, and Zach Gallen as my pitchers. I think I probably should take an outfielder here. I think I probably should. Jake McCarthy is interesting. Um, Christian Yelich is still sitting there as well. And, you know, Ryan Bloomfield mentioned it earlier today in a tweet. Ryan Bloomfield, our friend from Baseball HQ, about Yelich was already, you know, kind of down last year. His ADP was around 100 or so. And I think he finished around the 80 range on the player Raider. And then his price went down. Um, so there is something to be said about maybe there is a bit of a value in Christian Yelich there. And you know what? I think I'm going to take him. I think I'm going to take Christian Yelich ahead of McCarthy, even though McCarthy will probably steal me more bases. I think there is still a higher ceiling with Christian Yelich. We're only a couple of years removed from him being like arguably the best, one of the top five players in baseball anyway. Uh, you know, the line of context is better than what we're seeing in Arizona. It's it's not like, you know, drastically better. It's pretty close, honestly. Uh, but you're going to get probably more home runs with Yelich. You'll likely see more runs in RBIs. Uh, batting average should be about a wash. And you're still getting good steals with Christian Yelich. So I'm going to take him here at 114 overall. I don't love it, but that's just kind of the nature of, well, Fantasy Pros loves it. They're calling it a value pick. It's just kind of the nature of five outfielder leagues. You need to secure them. You might need to take a guy before you really want to be taking him. Uh, let's see who we've got now available to us in terms of starting pitchers. Uh, it's kind of tricky, to honestly. 15-teamers. I play mostly in 12-teamers, so 15-teamers are not my favorite. But I do need to start getting more use of them because of TGFBI and different leagues I'm going to be in this year that are 15-teamers. Uh, I'm going to start doing a lot more of these drafts because as of right now, I like this team construction. I think it's a good team. But I also have to look at it, even though we're only through, what are we, through eight rounds, that there are a couple holes here. You know, uh, starting pitcher, it's not a hole necessarily, but at this point, I have two really good names, and then I'm going to have to start going for guys who I'm not quite that crazy about you know um you know hunter green and nick Lodolo are interesting i think that they're maybe a little bit overpriced this season uh specifically hunter green i think is a little bit overpriced but i might have to go and take one of those guys pretty soon or you know even look at relief pitchers who we still got here i might have to go for clay holmes it's it's you know you it's funny because we talk on a podcast or whoever talks on a podcast before it actually starts going and you'll say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. And that's your strategy. And it usually goes to shit once you actually get into the draft. Uh, if you guys didn't see, you know, speaking of Ryan Bloomfield, the live draft that they did last night for Labor, uh, you know, they did it on the Baseball HQ YouTube channel. It's funny seeing Ryan go through. It was a three-hour live draft, seeing him get sniped by different people and, you know, the way that you have to kind of pivot and pull, call audibles in the middle of your draft. It is, it is a lot of fun to draft, but it is also very nerve-wracking, especially once we start getting into the high-money drafts that we're going to be doing. But back to this draft, I think I'm, I think I'm going to have to start going with another relief pitcher here, and I think the option is probably Clay Holmes for me. As much as I like Munoz, 
I, I'm going to take the guy, and you know David Bednar as well, but I'm going to take the guy who is just as good, if not better, than Bednar. He's not better than Munoz. But he does have that secure closer role on a good team. Where with Munoz, as much as I like him, you know, Paul Seawald is an excellent pitcher in his own right. We might not see Munoz take over as soon as I might want and a lot of people in the industry might want. So I'm going to go with Clay Holmes here. I'm pretty happy with that pick at 127. I'm not even sure what his ADP is at the moment. Let's see. Did I reach on Clay Holmes? Uh, no, he's going at 99, actually, in his most recent draft. So I guess that is a pretty good bargain. Uh, pretty happy with that one there. Still all the same relief pitchers are there from the last round. Duran, Munoz, and Seawald. Let's take a look at catcher again. I might have to go with Tyler Stevenson here, but I should also take a look at second base. Uh, second base is starting to dry up as well here. We have Jake Cronenworth is probably somebody who I'm looking at. Uh, outfield, let's see who we got in the outfield. We got Hunter Renfro, Brandon Nimmo, Ian Happ, Jeff McNeil, Mitch Hanniger. I'm going to wait a little bit <clears throat> before I take my third outfielder, I think, and we're going to go back to starting pitcher. I think that's what I should do. I only have two starting pitchers through nine rounds. <clears throat> it's not horrible, but I would definitely like a little bit more security there. Uh, you know, So at 144 at this point, that's where we are in the draft right now. I'm starting to get to the point where I would probably take a chance on Nick Lodolo. I'm going to see if I can wait one more round on him. Maybe go for somebody else who gives me a little bit of a higher floor because you know the fact that you're a pitcher in Cincinnati, You know, I don't care how good you are, that's always going to scare me away a little bit. Uh, second base, you know, I maybe can wait a little bit longer. So I think I am going to go, I am going to go with a starting pitcher here. I am going to go with a starting pitcher and it's not going to be Lodolo. I think who I might go with, it might be a little bit of a reach. It might be a, eh, no, I can't, I'm not, I was going to say Chris Bassett, but I could probably wait another round or two and still have Chris Bassett. You know what? I'm just going to take Nick Lodolo. I'm going to lock him in, even though I think it might be a little bit too expensive at 144. Uh, I love the skills, and this is a mock draft after all. I don't have to live with it for the entire year. I will have a couple of shares of Nick Lodolo by the end of the day. Whether I'm going to get them in the 140 range or if I'll wait and see if I can find him a little bit lower once actual drafts open up, that's another question. But for right now, I'm going to take him as my SP3 while acknowledging that I probably screwed up a little bit here. But it's okay. We're still figuring out the draft board. We're not fully into the high money season yet. It depends on who you are. Some people have been doing high stakes drafts for a long time at this point. Uh, but we're not quite there yet in terms of my draft prep. That'll happen more next month. So we're still learning. We're still figuring out what we want to do. I think uh, in, in hindsight, I probably would have foregone Christian Yelich and gone for another starting pitcher there. But then at the same time, you know, outfielder, then I would just be in a bit of a deeper hole than I am. So we're still looking for a second catcher. We're still looking for a second baseman. We still need a couple of corner and middle spots, and then we need to fill out the outfield as well. Let's take a look at catcher again, see who is there. It's getting to be Tyler Stevenson season. I might have to take another Cincinnati Red here, one after the other. And you know what? At this point, I could probably wait another round based on his price here. His ADP in, in the NFBC is 134. Here it's 172. So that's where it comes uh, across multiple platforms. You really have to Find some value where you can, and I'd recommend using NFBC ADP, even if you are drafting on Yahoo or ESPN, because those are the people who are spending a lot of money on their leagues. You filter, you can filter just the high-stakes leagues if you want and see who the people who are spending the most money, who they're putting their money on. That's always And money doesn't always mean intelligence, but it generally means you're going to pay a little bit more attention to it. So I would recommend using the NFBC ADP wherever you guys are drafting. But let's, let's see here in terms of who I should be taking next. I think I've waited long enough on second base where I should probably start to take care of that. Did Cronenworth get drafted yet? 
Uh, I think he did get drafted. I could go with Jonathan India. I could go with Brandon Lau. I could go with Max Muncy. I'm not big on Muncy this season, really. I'd probably be willing to buy back on Brandon Lau. I don't know if we're quite there for draft price yet. Now, his price is actually higher on Fantasy Pros than it is on the NFBC site. Uh, he's going 148 on Fantasy Pros. NFBC, he is going 171. So I could probably... I mean, he's probably going to be gone by the next time I pick, honestly, in terms of second base. I don't want to keep waiting so long on it, but the, the names I look at in terms of second base, I like it a lot more than I did uh, you know, a, a, month or, a month or so ago before I really started getting into prep. I mean, I've been prepping all offseason. Before I really started digging into it, I hated second base. I don't hate it the way that I did at one point here. Um, let's see in terms of relief pitchers. You know what? I'm going to go with Andres Munoz at this point because I feel like at 157, now we are fully into, like, this is this is a really good price range. He's going at 152 in the NFBC, but I do feel like even if he doesn't have the full-time closer role, he'll still get saves. He'll still have great strikeouts, great ratios. So I'll take him here. Sewell is still on the board, and, you know, you could pair them together. And even though I think Munoz might not be the closer full-time all season, I'll still trust in the, those other categories that he'll be contributing to. Should be able to get a couple of wins as well for you, so... I'm going to go with Munoz, even though it's not the greatest positional need of mine. I am going to take him here because I have Hayter, who I feel very comfortable with, Clay Holmes, who I feel all right about. And then between him and Munoz, I think I've taken care of closer slash saves uh, pretty well. But I think we're at this point where, you know, I've put off second base a little bit too long. You know, not that the options are terrible to me at this point, but I'm going to go with Brandon Lau here at 174. He had a bad year last season, but I'm willing to buy back in at this point. I think he can still give you 20, 25 home runs at least, give you good counting stats. The average won't be great, but I think he can contribute in four categories, a couple steals there as well for him. So I'll take Brandon Lau here in round 12. I pick 174 overall. I'm not loving it, but uh, you know, you're still figure. I'm still figuring out the way I want to approach 15 teamers, and you guys are kind of figuring it out with me. So I appreciate you guys being along for the ride and putting up with my talk here of should I go this guy, should I go that guy, and maybe that's what you guys like. I'm not sure exactly what is the favorite preferred method of doing a, a fantasy mock draft, but here we are. This is what we're doing. We're going through our picks, talking about reasoning, and maybe that is what you guys like. I hope it is. Let me know what you think down in the comments, in the not the comment section necessarily. Uh, but ratings and reviews. Let me know what you guys think of this show and all the other ones that you guys have heard. But here we are in round 13, 187 overall, and my guy Tyler Stevenson is still on the board here. So I'm getting him about 50 picks later than you would in a typical NFBC draft. This is the same two-catcher draft uh, that you'd be doing in the NFBC. So I'm very happy to take Tyler Stevenson to go along with Alejandro Kirk. I think that is an elite catcher pairing for this upcoming season. I've got Kirk at four, and I got Stevenson at number eight, I believe. I don't have my catch rankings up. I believe he's eight, maybe nine. No, I think he's at eight. So I got two top ten catchers of mine. Didn't have to pay, you know, pay out to the ass for them either, especially for Stevenson. I'm getting him, you know, well below where I think he should be going. So I'm pretty happy there. I should go back to the outfield at this point because I think I've secured the other positions fairly well. And there's a couple of guys that I do like sitting right here at the top of the queue. We got Alex Verdugo. We got Lars Newbar. Definitely interesting names there. I'm pretty big on Verdugo. I know everybody's big on Newt Bar. I think we are going to go and take Alex Verdugo here at 204 overall. I do think he provides a very stable four and a half ish categories. Four, you know, you could argue four, you could argue five category production, even if it's kind of low end. Kind of similar to Andrew Benintendi, another guy that I'm kind of in on for the season. So I'm very happy to have Verdugo as my third outfielder. As I go down the outfield board, Lars Newt Bar is still there. 
And man, I am I am tempted to take him, even though there is some kind of worry that I have and that a lot of people have had about maybe he doesn't have a full time role. There are a lot of outfielders out there, but when you look at the on base skills, you look at how good he was last season. Like he was walking at like a Juan Soto esque rate last season. I don't see him losing his job. I think he should go up in the lineup. We were talking about this when we did our outfield preview. I think he should be batting higher in the lineup, if not leading off. Um, but I'm I'm happy to take him, even if he's in the middle of that lineup, middle to late part of that lineup. Uh, he is number 43 in terms of their ECR uh, for outfielders. I'm just going to pull up my own outfield rankings and see where I had the Newt bar. I had him at 35. So I- I'm pretty happy to take him here at 43. 217 overall. His ADP is 187. So I'm getting him at a pretty decent deal, and that's the NFBC ADP. And they're calling it a steal here too as well. Uh, the draft wizard technology. I'm always glad when they agree with me and they can rationalize my pick for me. So I appreciate you ECR people, Uh, whoever it is that is agreeing with me. I appreciate you. Now let's take a look at what we got left to fill out here. We need a shortstop. I have not taken a shortstop and you know, sometimes that happens in a draft. You just get distracted with other positions and you screw up. So the best available shortstop that is available for me right now is CJ Abrams. Those are Brighton Stott, uh, Luis Urias, 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 um, Heishan Kim, Jorge Mateo, Chris, uh, Christopher Morrell. Mm. I think I'm going to go with C.J. Abrams because I've talked about him a lot as being you know, great steals upside, even though the lineup is not great around him. I think he can have a really good season, and I think this price is pretty fair at 234. He's going to 218 over in the NFBC. 193 is the minimum, and 248 is the maximum over these last couple of weeks. I like him where I'm getting him at 234. I think that there is still room for him to grow on that. I think he can pretty easily finish as a top 200 player. Uh, he's got second and short eligibility here. Where on the NFBC, he's only got sec or only got shortstop eligibility. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you're playing across different formats. The NFBC to have to qualify for a position, you know, before the season starts, you have to have played 20 games there the year before. With different sites, I believe Yahoo has five, and there's a couple other ones that maybe ESPN has 10. It's it's very different, and you need to look at your league settings before you get in, especially if you're a commissioner. And you can I, I think you can edit those. I'm not 100 percent sure if you can edit those or not, but it's something to be very aware of before you start actually drafting. Is who can I put in where? Who is going to be available for me at this position? If player X goes down or if player Y has a day off, who is going to be slotted in here? It's very important to know those kind of things because eligibility does vary across different sites. But looking at my team now, we have most of the starting lineup figured out here. We have two catchers. We have our infield put together except for corner and middle. We need one more outfielder and one more utility slot. And then we need three more pitchers. Now, let's see who they're recommending to me here. It's Gene Segura. I'm not sure Gene Segura is the guy I necessarily want to be going with here. I picked 247. I don't think it's a bad area for him. His uh, price is 227. I think it's probably okay. He's kind of another guy who stabilizes you in a number of categories. You don't really have to worry about him hurting you anywhere. Uh, He is second base eligible here. Um, Maybe he's a guy that I put into a middle infield slot, and then I have him and Brandon Lau. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll take the expert's word for it here, and I will go with Gene Segura. It's a pretty good price, and they're calling it a steal. So you know what? Like Welsh said when I did a, I did one of these mock drafts with the Fantasy Pros guys, with Joe Pizapia and the Welsh. Um, you kind of are going at at this kind of tongue in cheek to try and win your draft, to try and get the highest grade out of your draft. Um, that's obviously kind of a joke, but at the same time, you still want to do well, and you want to have the experts kind of agree with you because even though they're not perfect, generally people who are in the ECR and I know I'm going to be included in it, so it sounds kind of stupid, but generally people who are in it 
pay more attention to their draft process than the average person. So if they're agreeing with me, then I'm very happy there. And my rankings are not a part of this, so this is not me influencing uh, my score whatsoever at this point. We will be eventually influencing it, I'm sure, if we do some drafts. Um, and it'll tell you which experts like your pick and which ones don't. So that'll be kind of fun to see if I agree with myself on certain drafts. But moving along here, we need a couple more pitchers. At the end of the day, looking at my roster, I'd like it. But I think I'm also a little bit light on starting pitching. I got Luis Castillo, Zach Gallon, and Nick Lodolo. And as much as, you know, I like those guys, with Lodolo being kind of a, uh, eh, you know, I think I need to definitely take another pitcher here. And I don't know how he's still available to me. But Reed Detmers is sitting here as a top recommended pitcher. His ADP on Yah, or excuse me, on the NFBC is 199. It is 217 on Fantasy Pros. And here we are at pick 264. And Reed Detmers is still sitting there available to me. That is value. I will take that, even though there is some volatility. We don't know exactly how good he's going to be yet. Uh, I, I will buy in here at this price while also acknowledging that a little bit risky. Uh, having him and Nick Lodolo. Not fully established guys yet. It, there is risk having them as my SP3 and my SP4, and I don't necessarily love it. So I do want to have kind of a stabilizing SP below them, somebody who I know generally what they're going to do, even if it's not going to be the sexiest. And, you know, I'm not going to take them just yet, but Jose Urquidy fits that bill. Somebody who is not a sexy pitcher by any means. He's not going to go out there and dominate, throw filthy stuff or whatever, but he's on a good team. He has a fairly high floor for wins. You know, we should see double-digit wins. We should see... All right ratios, you're probably going to be talking about, you know, an ERA that's in the four neighborhood, a whip that's probably about 1.15, 1.2-ish. Uh, you're getting good wins, all right strikeouts, nothing great there, but you're getting a fairly high floor across a multitude of different categories. Where with Reed Detmers, Nick Lodolo, you probably are, but at the same time, they don't have the track record to look back on. And even though Arkady's track record isn't the greatest, he's on a very good team. So those wins will be coming there, where with Detmers and with Lodolo, they might not. You want to have something set in stone. With Lodolo, it's probably K's. With Detmers, I'm not sure what exactly you'd call it. Um, but with Urquidy, it's kind of just wins. And you want to kind of have, it might be multitude of different players, multiple different players who are contributing to, the, to that floor. You have a number of categories. But looking at my team right now, I don't see a lot of wins there. Um, you know, Castillo... And Gallon should win a decent amount of games. They're not on, you know, especially Gallon, not on the greatest team. Castillo could probably win 12 to 15 games. Gallon, probably 12 or 13 is what you're going to top out at. And with Lodolo and Detmers, you know, if they get to 10 wins apiece, I think we'd be fairly happy with it. So I need to probably get a bit of a higher floor for wins. And looking, I mean, there's Carlos Carrasco, who is interesting, and Jose Arquiti. Those are the guys I'm looking at, even though they're just, they're fairly boring at this point of the draft, boring isn't always the worst thing. Sometimes boring is very good. Sometimes it can mean people are kind of not interested in this guy because he does the same thing every year or because he's a little bit older. But a lot of the time, those are the guys who do win you your leagues. It's not necessarily reaching up to take Bobby Witt second overall. It's going to be these depth picks that you fill in close to pick 300 and beyond who you feel very comfortable about being on your team for the entire season and you know having a decent enough floor where you're not worried about having to drop them uh, you know, maybe with Arkady, if it's bad enough, you drop him. But I, you're probably not throughout the season. You might want to, but you're probably not going to be in a lot of different cases. So that's definitely my next round will be either Carrasco or Arkady, assuming that neither of them goes. And, I mean, one of them will probably go. Both of them will probably go, if we're being honest. But that, that's who I'm going to target in the next round. For right now, I need a fifth outfielder. And my options are probably either, well, there's Brian De La Cruz, there's Jesse Winker, and there's Austin Meadows. 
we were talking about Austin Meadows yesterday when we did our Tigers preview with Paul Spohr, and we both think that he can bounce back, that his price is very reasonable where he is going right now, which is you know 270 which is right about where I am here, 277 Reasonable price, definitely a chance for a bounce back for him. He dealt with a lot of shit last season, whether it was personal life and it was also injuries that he had to deal with. So there's, there's definitely a mulligan there to be had or to be given to Austin Meadows. I think I'm going to take him. I think I'm going to take him here at 277. It feels like a solid pick as my fifth outfielder. And you know what? Another value pick uh, from the Fantasy Pros people. I got about 30 picks beyond where he's going by ADP. Now let's go back and see what is going on in terms of these starting pitchers. Are my guys still here or at least one of them? Uh, Urquidy is there and Carrasco was taken. So at this point, I picked 294. Is it a little bit early for Urquidy based on NFBC ADP? Actually, it's not. It's about where he is going. 282 is where he's going. So 294, not that that is the be-all and end-all, but sometimes that you, you, you want to draft somebody and you see he's going 200 picks later. You might say, okay, maybe there's something that I shouldn't be doing here. Uh, but Urquidy, this is right within the range of where he's going. Pretty stable pick here at 294 overall in round 20. So we've pretty much filled out the majority, anyway, of our starting lineup. We need one more utility slot, and I believe we still need a corner infielder. Yeah, we still need a corner infield, we need utility, and we need one more pitcher spot who is going to be on the active roster. We need to probably fill out that corner infield spot sooner rather than later. And if I'm looking at first base, I'm looking at third base, I don't love it. I really don't. That's the problem here. You know, I mentioned it a couple times now. There are going to be players, and there are going to be positions where you miss on, and you're looking back on it, and you think, shit, like, I definitely should, should have secured this a little bit earlier, but that's just the nature of things. Try not to get too down on yourself if you miss out on somebody or whatever. Um, looking at it here, I think Trey Mancini is my guy. You're getting first base outfield, and you're getting, obviously, the DH eligibility there, the utility eligibility. Probably going to be an all right season for Trey Mancini. I would think, you know, he's going to get regular playing time. He is just going to be slotted into the corner infield slot. So it's not like he is solidified, guaranteed on the roster. You can move him around with the utility spot with some bench spots potentially. So I'm going to take him here. He's also fallen a little bit past where he's going by ADP. Uh, 256 is where he's going by ADP here on Fantasy Pros. We're getting him at 307. So I'll take that. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann just went in this draft. That feels a little bit early for Ricky Tiedemann to be going at all, really, in a redraft league in the 21st round. I think that that's a little bit outrageous. Uh, 323 overall, as much as I like him. I wonder, just as a side note, if he is being drafted a lot in D.C.'s. 537 is where he's going in D.C.'s. That way I'd be all right with, you know, pass pick 500. But here at 323, I think there's still a lot of value on the board uh, that you're passing up if you're going that route. I personally wouldn't. So we need one more pitcher and one more utility slot. <clears throat> I found myself taking Kyle Finnegan in a lot of these drafts because he just tends to fall. And uh, maybe it's just in the mock drafts, but he's a guy who does have a closer role secured for him, at least for now. Um, you know, his ADP is a little bit beyond this, so I probably don't need to be taking him just yet. But there's not really many closers left at this point, even though he's a closer on a shitty team. Uh, you might still get 20 saves out of him. So he's probably somebody I'm going to target in the next round. I should be looking at that utility spot as of right now. And, you know, Randall Gritchick is interesting. He's got this injured title beside his name. And I just want to quickly make sure before I actually hit the draft button um, that there's no actual injury or something. Let me just take a look here at the news. Uh, yeah, um, he had sports hernia surgery. I'm likely to miss the start of the season. Oh, this one. I just completely missed this news. Uh, he'll be likely ready in six weeks for game action. This was about a week and a half ago. 
So he'll probably miss the first couple of weeks of the season. Is that really going to stop me from drafting him? I don't want to draft somebody who's injured going into the season. That's a pretty hard and fast rule for me. Brian De La Cruz is still sitting here at 324. That's a good price for Brian De La Cruz. I think the power can be legit. He's going at 237 over on Yahoo. And even here, he's going at 269. So he's fallen quite a bit at this point for me as a utility spot, not even as a fifth outfielder. Like I'm willing to take him here at 324. Um, he's definitely an option. He's probably the guy I'm going to take here. Uh, Trent Grisham, no, I'm not really too interested in Trent Grisham at this price or really any price. Uh, maybe if he falls a little bit farther. Um, yeah, you know what? We're going to go with Brian De La Cruz here. I feel pretty good about that in round 22. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I think it's a solid pick. And again, it's a steal based on the draft technology. So I'm definitely going to win this draft, which is a huge goal of mine uh, to be crowned the king of this mock draft, of course. But no, we're just trying to go through these picks. We're trying to help you guys get ready for your drafts because I think that more the more I do think about it, the discussion around the picks is probably more important than actually just, you know, I took, you know, player X third overall. Talking about why you did it, I think you guys would probably get more out of that than me just saying this guy went here, this guy went there. So apologies for those who don't like it, but uh, I just do like going through the general strategy that I, is in my head when I'm going through these picks. So that's what we've done, and that's what we continue to do for mock drafts here. Um, and we're just nearing the end of it now we're nearing the end of our starting roster anyway one more pitcher and then we need to fill out our bench i'm thinking justin Steele looks pretty damn interesting right here uh 337 overall feels like a pretty reasonable price to be paying for justin Steele. there were times last year when i was in love with what we were seeing even though it wasn't against the greatest oppositions if you look at the opponents he was facing it wasn't the greatest teams but i think that overall ooh, ross stripling is also still here decisions 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 in terms of starting pitchers the highest ranked one that's still on their board here is eric lauer at 79 they have ross stripling as the 89th sp in the ecr that's low that's low for me um actually i'm not sure if this is the ecr or if this is adp but regardless that's really low for ross stripling uh maybe i'll take him as one of my reserve guys because he doesn't seem like he's going to be somebody that is that interesting to people uh his adp is higher than this so maybe he does get taken but I think I can probably get away with mm, – can I get away with Justin Steele and then going around and getting um, and then going around and getting him in the next round, stripling in the next round? We're going to try it out. We're going to see if we can. Justin Steele here we're going to take, and then I am hoping – again, it's a Steele pick, so I'm definitely winning this draft. I am hoping that Ross Stripling falls to me in the next round, and I think he did. I didn't see his name pop up uh, on the board there. Let's just make sure and see. Ross Stripling – is gone shit i didn't even see that his name went off the board it, mu it must have been like literally right after i i picked what's his face oh it was only three picks after ah shit well that happens sometimes in mock drafts you don't always get what you want and it happens in real drafts too so i guess that's probably just a good warm-up for me of getting sniped because i haven't been sniped too badly in the drafts i've done in the mock drafts i've done but that's just a reminder that that will happen but justin Steele fills out the last spot on my active roster and now i need seven bench spots and what i typically tend to do in your standard leagues is have one position player on your bench and that is for that's for daily changes leagues if it's a weekly changes league, I can understand having two or three. You got a couple of different options that you can choose from at the beginning of the week based on matchups. But when it's daily changes and you're deciding every single day if it's this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy, more often than not, you're going to just end up sitting a bunch of home runs and steals and it's going to drive you crazy. When you, At the end of the day, you have more value using that spot for starting pitching streamers. Or even if it's just not even streamers, just starting pitchers that you are comfortable with or relief pitchers that you're comfortable with starting in, in your lineup – 
if you have three or four or five bench spots, and there's guys in my home league who do this every year, they have their bench filled with six position players or five position players, however many people is on our bench at this point because the, the settings do change. But every position player on your bench and it's daily changes, you got to make the decision every day. Is it this guy? Is it that guy? Is it this guy? You're going to make wrong decisions there. It's better to just spare yourself all that grief, have those spots as starting pitchers, and not have to worry so much anyway about streaming week to week because you already have a solid foundation on your team of those starting pitchers. So with that being said, we're going to fill out most of these spots with pitchers. I might take two position players just for shits and giggles, just to have you know a little bit more of an option there available to me. But for the most part, I am taking just one. Um, looking through here, Cal Quantrill is kind of interesting. Kenta Maeda is definitely interesting to me because I'm not really sure what to make of him for this season. If he should be somebody we are taking a little bit higher or lower after you miss out on Washington guy for a season, it's kind of tricky to evaluate them. He's going to 311 in the NFBC here at 354. He's interesting. He's definitely somebody who is a risk. And you know, part of me does want to take him, but part of me says, you know, you shouldn't you know, go anywhere near anybody with any kind of injury risk, which is fair, Joseph, thinking to himself in my head. Um, Eric Lauer. I remember hearing something recently about Eric Lauer with some kind of injury or or maybe I'm thinking of Aaron Ashby and that was just it's blending together in my head. Maybe there is no Eric Lauer injury. Uh, you know what? Never mind. I don't think that there is an Eric Lauer injury. He was injured at the end of last season. That might be what I'm thinking of. But I'm going to take him here at 354. I think that that's a very reasonable price to be paying for somebody who is probably going to make the majority of the starts for me still uh, throughout the season. Where is he going? Uh, 284 is where his ADP is on the NFBC. So I'm happy to get him here. Uh, let's see who else is available to me because this is going to be pretty much just starting pitchers at this point. Maeda is still there. Taiwan Walker is still there. Eduardo Rodriguez, Steven Matz, Aaron Savale. Uh, you know what? At this point, I kind of want to take Taiwan Walker even though he does worry me a little bit. I know he's not the greatest pitcher in the world. He had a very good season last year. And where is his ADP? 319. Ah, oh, man. I like him okay here. And he does. he's one of those guys I was talking about that's kind of like a stabilizer. You're probably not going to be dropping him. Decent chance for double-digit wins on a good team. All right uh, numbers across the board. Nothing that's going to blow you away. But decent stability at this price. Let's go for it. Let's go for Taiwan Walker at pick 367. And again, it's a steal based on the based on the ECR. So we'll take it. Uh, we'll take it there. I probably am going to take a look here now and see what position players are are still available to me. I don't want to wait too long uh, before I really get into taking that bench spot because you never know how bad it is going to get. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The number one player still available on the board here across all players is Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson is the number one. Jared Kelenic is still there, too. Jared Kelenic might not be a bad bench option here, honestly, in this kind of league. Uh, let's go for Kelenic. Let's do the Eric Cross pick. Eric, if you're listening, no no need to poke, no meaning to poke fun at you there. Um, Jared Kelenic, you, you are known as the Kelenic guy. But I think there's a chance, you know, who knows how much is bullshit how much is real, but what we're seeing in these different reports is that he looks very good. He's keeping detailed notes about different pitches and different... I forget exactly how it was phrased, but he's keeping very detailed notes, apparently, in regards to his prep for this season about different pitches and different alignments in the infield and different things like that. Uh, I think there's an article out there somewhere if you look up Jared Kalanick, but there's a lot of prep that he's doing for this upcoming season that looks like he might be able to have a pretty decent year. I don't know. I'm not going to be the one to put helium under Jared Kalanick, but there's a chance that he does have a kind of a semi-decent breakout season. 
And I say that kind of breaking it up word by word because I'm not 100% sure about it. But at this point in a draft, uh, I'll take him as long as I don't have to start him anywhere off the bat. You know, I can have him on the bench, see how things go. If it doesn't work out, I'll drop him, and that'll be fine. But I'll take him here uh, as my first bench hitter and probably my only one. We'll see if we get one more. Um, let's see who we have for pitchers. Nobody left inside the top 100. Aaron Savali at 100 exactly is the highest ranked pitcher here for them. Still available. Kyle Bradish, uh, Brian Bayo, uh, Josiah Gray. Mm, I want to be in on Josiah Gray. I did for a while. I was really into him as a prospect, but I don't know that I could really bite the bullet here. Mm. There's a chance that it does pan out, and you know what? When I look at it, at this price, I'll take Josiah Gray. I'll take Josiah Gray. I do really like him, and what do you know? It's another steal. Fantasy Pros is in love with me today. This did not happen when I was on the show with Joe and Welsh. Even though I did win that draft based on the projections, uh, they weren't telling me that every pick was a steal like this one is, so I'm expecting 100 out of 100 here, Fantasy Pros. It better be a perfect score. Uh, but going down this list here... David Peterson is still sitting there, and he is someone who interests me a lot. I'm just not really sure what kind of role that he is going to have. Will he have a starting role this season? I really hope so. I'm not banking on it. Uh, he's not currently in the rotation, technically. Is Jose Quintana better than him? I don't know that he is, but uh, I don't know that I can necessarily take that chance on David Peterson at this point because of that uncertainty. Like, uh, he should get some starts, and the projections generally have him making a few starts. Um, but I'm not sure that I do want to take a chance on him here. Even though this is a mock draft, I'm not sure that I really want him to be the guy that I go to. Uh, the pitching is pretty, pretty dry at this point of the draft. Jose Suarez, Nick Pavetta. You got Peterson. You got Hayden Wisniewski, who's actually not a bad option here, Hayden Wisniewski. Uh, he might end up being the guy that I go with. We're after pick 400 at this point, so we are throwing darts. Uh, and the computer is starting to lag, which is just on point for me because that's just generally how this works with my computer. It's been lagging in and out now for the last couple of weeks, and sometimes it works very well. Sometimes it really doesn't. Um, so it is f- it's just frozen. Let me just give it a second here, guys. I apologize for the, for the fantastic radio that we do have here. Once in a while, it does freeze up, and I do apologize. But I'm still kind of thinking about David Peterson at this point. It's not the safest pick. But I think either him or maybe Wesneski. Uh, let me see where Wesneski is going generally in drafts. 338. Even his maximum is inside of what we're seeing right now. So generally people are drafting him in the 300 range somewhere. The minimum is 301. The max is 397. Let's, let's get a Hayden Wesneski draft or mock draft share here. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that in round 28. I think it's a, I think it's a solid pick. Uh, I don't know how good he's going to be. But I think I like him a little bit more than I would like David Peterson at this point, just based on you know the role. I think David Peterson's a better pitcher. If David Peterson was on the Cubs, then he would have gone already because he would have probably been their ace. Um, but at this point, I think Wesneski is probably the guy I'm going to go with. I think that there's a better chance of him uh, having more starts this season than we do have for Peterson, even though it, it might end up being kind of close between the two of them. It's an interesting question. Um, but I think at this point... I would be more comfortable uh, investing in West Nasky, even though at this price, you know, let me see if Peterson is still available to me here. Uh, the computer's really starting to not like me, so I'm going to have to stop switching around between tabs because that's what happened. I don't know if it's just me or if it's just this Dell computer that I use. Sometimes you start switching around between tabs, and it just does not want to cooperate. Um, but David Peterson is gone. Uh, all the other pitchers in this range are pretty much gone. Brandon Fat is still here, though. 
Brandon Fott, Brandon Fat. I'm going to take him. I think he's a nice dart throw at this point of the draft. 427 overall. Uh, I very much will take that. And, man, I hate when the computer freezes up like this. It is really, truly awful. Uh, it, it put in my selection of Brandon Fat. thank God. We only got one round left. I mean, if it was going to freeze up at some point, it's a good spot for it to freeze up here uh, with just my last round here left. We're going to take another pitcher, and it's going to be the guy we talked about yesterday with Paul Spore, and that's going to be Spencer Turnbull. At this point, you're looking for upside with pitchers, and, I mean, even though Turnbull is on the wrong side of 30, he missed last season. I think there's a good chance, and we said this yesterday, that he ends up being the best pitcher for the Tigers this season, the number one pitcher in terms of fantasy baseball value anyway. So Spencer Turnbull is going to be my last pick here, and we have got him at the – oh, my God. <laughs> fantasy pros, man. So we got we got him in the 30th round. Fantasy pros has given me a 77 out of 100 for this draft, even though they they seem to like it while I was doing it. They've given me a C plus. So let's go through the roster, and we'll talk about it here. Alejandro Kirk and Tyler Stevenson are my catchers. Pete Alonso at first, Brandon Lau at second, C.J. Abrams at short, Nolan Arenado at third, Trey Mancini in the corner infield slot, Gene Segura middle infield, Kyle Tucker, Christian Yelich, Alex Verdugo, Lars Nupar, and Austin Meadows in the outfield with Brian De La Cruz in the utility slot. Then we got Josh Hader, Luis Castillo, Zach Allen, Clay Holmes, Nick Lodolo, Andres Munoz, Reed Detmers, Jose Urquidy, Justin Steele, Eric Lauer, Taiwan Walker, Jared Kalanick, Josiah Gray, Hayden Wesneski, Brandon Fott, and then Spencer Turnbull. I like this team quite a bit. I don't know what's going on with Fantasy Pros, but I think that's a very good team. Personally, when you're looking at 77 out of 100, it doesn't sound the greatest. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm very happy with the way that the team is constructed overall. I think it's still a good team. I think that it is, you know, maybe lacking in a couple areas like we talked about. Second base, I waited on a little bit. Closer, I've got the eliteness with Hater. I've got the guy right at the top there, top of my standings. Uh, that I'm very happy with. But beyond that, maybe Holmes and Munoz isn't deep enough in a 15-teamer to compete. I feel like it's close, and I feel like it won't be bottom of the standings or anything. But maybe I should have secured a second closer a little bit earlier on. It's like I said multiple times throughout the show, you're not going to end up in especially, I mean, maybe in a 10-team draft, you can come away and say, I got everything I was looking for. 12-team draft, it's probably not going to happen. In a 15-teamer, you can forget about it, especially when you're talking middle infield, corner infield, five outfielder. You're not going to come away fully happy, but I think looking at this team, if I had to carry this team through the season, I would be fine with it, honestly. I think that it's deep enough in terms of starting pitching depth, in terms of the depth that I have uh, with my lineup. I think it's a pretty well-constructed roster. Fantasy pros disagreed, even though they were saying every pick was a steal, so I don't know what's their problem. Uh, but we'll get into the ECR. We'll throw my rankings up in there over the next week or so, and we'll we'll get things all fixed up. No, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But my rankings will be up in the ECR over probably the next week. We're still, I'm talking behind the scenes with a couple people at Fantasy Pros about getting them up in there. Uh, I think the process is going to be pretty smooth once we get me logged into their system and whatnot. So the rankings will be there. They'll also be at sportsethos.com, and you guys should definitely be checking out our, our baseball draft guide because it's honestly, it keeps growing, and it's expansive as all hell. It's got 11 articles at this point. I'm going to keep adding. I think it's going to end up at about 20 articles for your draft guide, for your preseason needs. And then we're going to have in-season articles as well, looking at buy low and sell high. We have a meteorologist. We have a baseball, not a baseball meteorologist, but a meteorologist who is going to be talking about um, weather and how weather will impact your weekly lineups. We're going to be doing two articles on that front. We're going to have um, a piece that looks at players who are on benches, 
who have a chance to get into starting lineups. That'll also be a weekly piece. There is so much stuff that we have coming, and there's one that I'm, I'm blanking on at the moment, too, that we have planned for the weekly content. Uh, let me pull it up here before. Oh, yeah, the bullpen. We're going to have a bullpen article as well. Uh, we're still we're still putting it all together because there's just it's, it's a lot of work starting up a division from, from scratch and having people – you know, assign different topics. You're going to be the bullpen guy. You're going to be the two-star pitcher guy. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But it's a lot of fun at the same time. And we have a ton of articles that are available to, for you guys to see. We have both free stuff and we have paid stuff. And even the stuff that is, you know, behind the paywall, there is free samples for everything. So you go to Ethos Fantasy BB. You go to SportsEthos.com. You hover over the MLB tab and go to Draft Guide. And it will give you the option to pay to you know to buy in to get the subscription, which I believe is five dollars a month, five ninety nine at maybe it's either four ninety nine or five ninety nine a month, and you get access to the NBA stuff, the NFL stuff, and all the baseball stuff as well. So there's a ton that you get for a very very small price. Uh, I hope you guys will check it out. And even if you don't want to go and pay for it, you don't have to pay for it. That's totally fine. You can check out the free stuff. Keep downloading this podcast, and It's Gone, which is hosted by the great Britton Allen. It is our newest offering here on the podcast side of Sports Ethos, and we're very excited to have Britton on board because he is one of the absolute best in the industry. He is a great friend of mine as well. We've met in Arizona. We got drunk together. We had a lot of fun down there, and we've also had a lot of fun doing different podcasts over the last year. So make sure you're checking out It's Gone. It is a lot of fun. I love the show. going to support the hell out of Britton. Mention it here as much as I can, and I hope you guys will too. Uh, hit the subscribe button on this show and on Britain's show, and make sure you're checking out Ethos Fantasy BB. But guys, we'll be back tomorrow. We are going to do something tomorrow. I think we're probably going to do back, go back into rankings, and we'll probably probably do relief pitcher. Uh, still finalizing those ones. It'll be one of the pitcher rankings, almost for sure. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking with Show Ali from Roger Sportsnet and the Fan 590, talking Blue Jays. We are going to be talking about everything Toronto Blue Jays for the 2023 season. If you guys don't know Show Ali, he is one of the members. Uh, I mean, he's not with the Blue Jays, but he is with Rogers and Sportsnet, who do, who do own the Blue Jays. One of the hosts of um, of Jays Talk on the radio. If you guys are local Toronto people or anywhere in the GTA Toronto area, uh, you probably heard him before talking Blue Jays on the post game, studio updates, different things like that during the broadcast. So it's going to be a lot of fun. He knows the team as well as he probably knows the team much better than I know the team and that I've been following them my entire life. So that'll be a very in-depth one. I hope you guys stick around for that one. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and get that one right in your feeds. And, of course, uh, let us know what you do think of this show and all the other ones we've done if you're listening somewhere that allows ratings and reviews. But we'll be back tomorrow at the usual time somewhere in the mid-afternoon. Until then, take care, everybody. Have a great night, and cheers. Cheers.